Welcome to Tournament in a Tea Break by Britwatch Sports. I'm Roz Sattar and I'm joined as always by Anna Smith. Thank you for having me as always. As always. Um, how excited are you about next week and the US Open? It's always a, a special week when it's a slam and it's always interesting when it's the final slam of the year as well. You know, I feel like you kind of it's kind of the war of attrition and survival of the fittest, the last one. It kind of kind of seems who can be the last man standing or the last woman standing as well. Um, so it, it should be good. And, you know, I think we're probably in for a few upsets, I'd say, especially on the women's draw, which seems to be the, kind of the standard case at the moment. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, you're right, actually. It, you know, by now, so many people are injured. It's been, it's been quite interesting watching the build-up. You know, Roger Federer was more than rusty, I would say, in Cincinnati. Um, and Djokovic skipped Montreal with a, an elbow injury and seemed to be shaking it out a lot. Rafael Nadal seemed to be the only one that seemed fit enough, and even he skipped, didn't he? So um, Serena Williams had a back problem. I mean, yeah, it, <laughs> who's actually going to be standing at the end, do we think? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I mean, I think with the the top three guys, it's it's irrelevant pretty much what they do before. You know, Roger will just be happy to have got a couple of matches. He'll get to Flushing Meadows, have his week practice, and then he'll be good to go. I'll be I'll be shocked if he you know struggles that first week and and Rafa just reels out a victory in Toronto <laughs> and it's just like yep that's easy for me and and Djokovic got another few matches but I don't I don't think they'll be overly concerned. I'd probably be more concerned about Serena and how the situation is for her back and her knees and mm. if she's got enough matches under her belt and then, you know, if she's fully recovered from, from the issues that she's had, I think I'd be more concerned about her out of those four. Well, at this rate, we should have had Andy, Andy Murray taking a wild card because he's probably the fittest out of all of them or the freshest <laughs> out of all of them at the moment. It's slightly concerning with the metal hip, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, we talked briefly about Murray um, when, he made, when he came back against Gasquet where everybody was looking at his, um, at his gait and I hadn't even considered something that you'd said that you know, he's probably been so much in pain and so much sort of uh, accommodating that pain that he'll always have that kind of shuffle that he has. This was a closer match. Um, I actually woke up at something like 4am and he just lost the first set to Sangren. And uh, I must admit, I think I echoed a lot of people's feelings. I said, I'd rather you went 0-0 against Nadal or Federer than anything against Sangren, but never mind. Um, but it looked like a closer match. Um, he, he came back well. Sangren got very tight in the second set. And then, uh, you yeah, know, I think... Um, I think Murray was in danger of going a double breakdown and then came back to level at 5-5 and just couldn't get over the line. I don't think we should be worried that he hasn't got a win yet. Fans seem to be dis- divided, though. There's lots of people that are like, give up, that's is it, This is you're done. And I'm like, you're kidding, aren't you? Because I watched him in Australia and he was, you know, in agony. And we all thought that was it, that was the end. He was going to walk out onto centre court on, you know, People's Saturday in his crisp suit with his dogs and his kids and get a right rousing. And, and that wasn't the case. He actually walked out in his whites and and played didn't see that at the beginning of the year should people be panicking no people need to stop being dramatic <laughs> it's really frustrating <laughs> when people say oh you should quit after two matches i think <laughs> so I, just, I just don't get it people baffle me a little bit um but i think that we do have to take into consideration and and remember what he has been through he's he has got a metal hip for god's sake <laughs> i mean he what he's done is pretty incredible. So I think people need to cut him some slack. And he's played two singles matches in I don't even know how many months. And you don't 
even with how good he is, you don't just come back like that. Mm. It's, you know, this match was progress compared to the Gasquet one. He looked like he was moving better. He looked like he was hitting the ball better. But nothing can replicate the nerves that you have when you get on a match court. It's all well and good being them in practice, but it's it's not that same feeling mm. and those same nerves and excitement and adrenaline. And, and I don't think people can quite understand that concept until you, you kind of get out there and put yourself in that position. And I think for him providing he's come through unscathed and, and, you know, nothing's hurting and the hip's feeling good, I think he'll probably take the positives out of it because I think he's signed up for a couple more tournaments. So I think it's all positive. And then I, I'm sure once he gets that first victory under his belt, then they're going to keep coming. It's just he's got to keep putting the hours in on court because obviously he's spent a lot of time with doubles. So mm. it's just getting that singles practice in and the singles points and, and just kind of getting the miles in the legs again. And, and that's when he's always played his best, when he's played a lot of matches and is feeling confident. And it's just going to take that one victory, I think, and it, it kind of will snowball from there. I mean, I think it's a great decision to drop down to the uh, challenges. He's not the only player that's said it. I can remember my mother lecturing me that Agassi had dropped down to like the lower tiers, like the satellites it was back in those days. Uh, when he was coming back from injury, Tim Henman did it as well. When he was coming back from injury and worked his way back up the rankings, um, you know, it's... Kyle did it as well mm -hmm. in Indian Wells. Yes, he did, well. and that that oh that agonisingly looked like the start of a really good run for him. And then we'll get on to Kyle later, but um, but yeah, but, yeah, and Heather does it all the time. Drops down to an ITF, gets some confidence, comes back up until she, her confidence gets knocked in the tour and then comes back down again. But p players do do this. Um, in fact, I actually remember, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Contra in a bit, but I remember being really frustrated that she'd had this good sort of run in 2015 and then immediately dropped back down to the ITF levels before obviously that huge breakout year. And I remember thinking, what are you doing? Why? You've just had a run to the fourth round. Um in retrospect, that really was the base of that that kickstart. He should get, he should come through like challenges next week, shouldn't he? In theory, <laughs> I don't. I, unfortunately, tennis doesn't quite work like that. And just because it's Andy Murray, I don't think you know people are just going to lie down for him. So, I think the most important thing is that he can get a couple of wins and just try and get a few consecutive matches. I think that will be his main target for the week, and then you know, just take some confidence from there and see how it goes. But I think literally at the moment, all he's concerned about is just making sure that the hip holds up and, and that he's able to keep progressing and keep getting good practice in. And and then, well, like he said in that interview, he said he probably isn't expecting to be at peak fitness until January next year for sort of Australian Open time. So any, I think anything that happens now is a bonus. And yeah. that's kind of what he'll be looking at. And I think he's in a really good headspace in terms of thinking clearly because he could have taken a wild card for the US Open, but and I'm sure he would have. There was so much of him that probably wanted to just get back out there under the under the lights in New York, and he's got such good memories from when he won his first mm. title. So that probably would have been tough for him to to not do that. I'm surprised he didn't take one for qualies though. Well, he admitted that, didn't yeah. he? So Russell, I don't think he didn't even think about no, it. No, and I think afterwards, in hindsight, it was like, oh, and of course they would have given him one. I mean, it would have been an absolute boost for them because, you know, one of the good things about the US Open is they do attract huge crowds for their sort of pre, the, the qualifying and, and fan training. That would have just done their, you know, their, their crowd numbers up no end. Um, but I, I mean, I'm not overly worried. I think I'd be more worried if he can't even come through challenger um, events with, you know, with, with tight matches. 
um, if he's getting beaten outside at the challenges. Because at the end of the day, who's not going to want to take a swing at him? Well, absolutely everyone is going to want to have a go because they've got nothing to lose. And he obviously, I suppose technically, he doesn't really have anything to lose either because this is kind of a free hit for him. He thought he probably was going to have to retire. So everything now for him is a bonus. And I think he's just got to enjoy playing and just enjoy being pain-free as well because he's played in pain for so long and that gets really draining after a while so I think it's just a case of him enjoying himself again and and when he does I don't have any doubts that he's going to come back and contend for I mean I don't know if I want to put it out there say <laughs> grand slams but at least sort of you know sort of like the bigger titles yeah I mean it's, it's something I get asked a lot do I think he's going to be able to come back to this level do I think he's going to be back in the top 20 quite possibly top 10 I think it's probably doable if he if he plays lights out now. Is he going to win titles? Yeah, probably. But is he going to win a slam? I'd give him a Wimbledon, if anything. I, I, I really want him to get the Australian just because he's done it so many times. I know. That's the yeah. one I actually want him to win. I mean, I, know. I, would, I would love for him to be able to, you know, come back. It would be an incredible story and <laughs> yeah. probably one of the greatest comebacks. Well, one of the greatest comebacks our sport's ever seen, I'd say. Um, but I think we just have to just be patient with him and just give him some time. It's It has been such a long injury and he he has so many sort of bad memories. And you can even see now the way he walks, you know, you still ha he still has that pattern of kind of, it looks like he's in pain even though he says he's not. So I think all the fans out there just need to be patient and, and not kind of get all dramatic and be like, oh, we should quit. And, just, and I'm just like, oh, God. So just calm down and just give him some time, guys. If by Wimbledon next year we're still having the same conversation, then, yeah, maybe let's panic a little bit. But until then, I think just cut right. the poor guy some slack. All right, I'll make a note of that then. By Wimbledon next year, yeah. we'll give ourselves permission to panic. Yeah, I think Fabulous. yeah, give give him twelve months. <laughs> um, so the US Open, I mean, it's interesting. You know, if you if you compare, if I if I look at the the slams from a journalist's point of view, so the Australian Open used to be like the red headed wild child of the slams. Um, it's now a bit more corporate than it used to be, but but it's still very much the happy slam. It's, it's yeah, it's the start of the year. Everybody's optimistic. It's nice weather occasionally in, in Melbourne. <laughs> um, if it rains, just wait for 10 minutes and the weather will change. Or um, just put the roof on. Yeah. You've yeah. got so many courts with roofs now. I know. So it's incredible. Um, then you've got the French Open, which is very French. And <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. It's just very... Uh, I always describe yeah. it... Because the shape is very similar to Wimbledon, except it's kind of short, smaller. So I always just describe it as Wimbledon, but just shrunk in the wash and very French. Yeah, there's crepes all over the place, though. So. Yeah, and coffee. Which is an advantage. Yes. Yeah. I don't think there's enough crepes at, at Wimbledon. I don't think there are any crepes at Wimbledon. I don't think there are. I'm pretty sure... I mean, they've gone... You know, when I when I first started into Wimbledon, it used to be just those um, hot dogs. And they weren't even called hot dogs. They were called Dutchies or something, and mm. pizza. That was it. That was all that we could have. Um, and now, like, when I, when I start going back again... Um, once I'd started work, you know, my mum and I, we used to go to the food court and she'd be like, this never used to be like this back in our day. Know. You know, it was like the hot walk and all that. And now it's there's like so much choice. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but anyway, there's a tradition and all of that. And, you know, it has its place. And then you go to New York and it's loud and it's brash. 
And it's my least, yeah, it's actually my, I mean, I've I've never gone as media, I've only been there as a fan, but it's actually my least favourite of all of them. And I've done all the others as media and as fan, as a fan. Interesting. In fact, Australia I hadn't done as fan, I only did as media, so, but yeah, it's my least favourite of the lot. Hmm, that's interesting. I'd say French Open's my least favourite. Really? Yeah. That was my first slam. No, I, French <laughs> Open is definitely my least favourite. I, I do really like New York. I think the... I don't know, the atmosphere's just different. It's quite it's quite nice to have a bit more of sort of a, a rowdy crowd. Once you've go, gone from Wimbledon, where everyone's a bit more sophisticated <laughs> and calm and very English, you kind of... It's, it's like the yeah, complete opposite. Yeah, it's, it's quite nice to have a contrast and just have a little bit of atmosphere and you know the music's playing at the change of ends and things like that it's it's quite nice and I, th- I don't know I think it's nice to have contrasting grand slams rather than just all being the same yeah. I think if they were all like Wimbledon I don't know just I don't know if the novelty would wear off a little bit but it and then the same if they're all like New York you kind of get a bit frustrated but it's I don't know I think there's something cool about playing under the lights in Flushing Meadows it's it's pretty special as well so it's not nice. I think I like having the mixture I think maybe I went on a day when it was, um, I, I was in Washington actually and I went across um, and it was a day just before they had like days rained off. Okay. So the weather was on the turn, it was really cold. We weren't quite up in the nosebleeds but we were up in the sort of second tier so like we were watching ants with with, uh, with, yeah. with tennis rackets and it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of interesting but um but yes, we are at the last slam of the year and certainly on the women's side it's probably as open as it's ever been uh, I mean by some quirk of fate even after coming off um, with a knee injury Naomi Osaka returns to the world number one spot and comes in as a defending champion and all of that memory of the chaos I was putting together an article and I managed to find a Getty article with her looking utterly miserable and bemused holding the trophy while Serena was walking past her I guess to do her lap of honour with her plate and I just thought that typified that whole chaotic, <laughs> whole chaotic final. I d- yeah, I don't think anyone has kind of ever won a slam in potentially such kind of controversial circumstances. For a first slam, it it did overshadow her a little bit, and I did feel really sorry for her because she's not the biggest character, and she kind of wouldn't say boo to a goose. So for her to kind of win it in those circumstances and and she's quite shy you know she's not one of these sort of outgoing Serena Maria types and and you you did feel sorry for her so it is going to be interesting kind of what memories if it is happy memories that's brought back because obviously it's the home of her first Grand Slam which is a massive thing in any tennis player's career but then at the same time we'll bring back those memories of that so it, it will be interesting to see how she'll deal with it and you know, she obviously isn't coming in in the best form either, so it's not mm. like she's high on confidence and can kind of overlook that stuff. So, I think that'll be really interesting. But as you said, the the women's draw is as usual. I think <laughs> wide open. I mean, so. I never, yeah, I never would have. I mean, as, as as fond as I am of Halep, I never would have put her as winning on grass. No, I wouldn't have put her as Wimbledon champion and and in the performance <laughs> in the final. I just. I'm still shocked. I'm still in <laughs> awe of, of how she played and how she just dismantled Serena. It was it was just incredible. And it, and it's interesting. Both Kerber and Halep pretty much had the same idea, which is super aggressive from the get go and don't let up. Straight at the body, don't let up. 
and and you know you know Kerb is good on grass, so you know that she's got the legs to run all day long, you know. And even though Hallett made the semi final and lost to Bouchard and all that kind of stuff that went along with it, and after that, I think grass had always been a bit of a bugbear because of that ankle roll. So for her to come back and win was just like astounding. She wasn't that bad on the hard court, but just but she I think she's got a tight Achilles, just picked up a little bit of a niggle, so. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know who. I don't know who I would pick. No, I, I wouldn't either. Because I don't think anyone has really stood out over the, the kind of U.S. Open swing on the hard courts. I don't. I don't think there's been one person I'd be like, wow, they're in incredible form. I think, Halep could easily turn up, these two weeks and just. Slay. Yeah, exactly. And Barty. Yeah, because she they Halep's got the legs for it. She she can outrun pretty much most people on tour. Barty can out hit most people. Then you've got Osaka who can do the same thing. She suddenly turns up and you know it. It is you look at Madison Keys. All of a sudden she's yeah. discovered some form and, and yeah. you're kind of thinking, well, where did that come from? Where's that been? Or but then Sloane could suddenly turn it on, and you're just kind of thinking, there's girls left, right, and centre who could turn it on, and well, that's without even looking at someone like Kiki Burton's or Karolina yeah. Pliskova. Yeah. You know, people like that. Well, and it's... It. Do we think Pliskova's overdue another slam run? Because her one and only final was the US, US Open. Open, yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. It's just so hard to pick because... <laughs> Watch now as Joe goes and wins it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it wouldn't be the end of the world if Joe went to win it. It'd be pretty amazing. But it just, it just seems that there's no pattern or rhyme or reason as to how the women seem to play at the moment and it it's a little bit kind of luck of the draw pick it out of a hat and and see what you get well, maybe, by the time we talk next week it'll have started and we'll have got rid of the well i don't know because the first round of the us open seems to go on for like a week I think they've tightened it up now, but I do remember one year that the first round finished on Thursday, and I thought, this is ridiculous. You can't be playing first round matches all this time. But I suppose because they play over the weekend, the middle weekend as well, where That's Wimbledon right. obviously yeah, true. is very regimented, and they obviously don't play that middle Sunday, so I think they have a little bit more flexibility, and I guess it's not... Does US Open start on the Sunday or no, is it, it's it starts, a Monday? It's, it's a Monday. It starts on Monday. I think French, the French Open is the only one that starts. Yeah. And it's that's well, it used to be half a day, but now it's actually a full day. Yeah, of, they have a full day. But it makes oh. sense because they get extra crowds in, and yeah. I guess it's better for spectators to get a, a kind of full day's play on the Sunday. Yeah. But no, it does seem to drag on that first that first round. But I guess because they have a little bit more time as well, because yeah. they've got the night sessions as well. It's yeah, they spread think, it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and think. America's just so chilled. They're like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> Let's just yeah, play. We'll just, just finish it on, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll finish the, all the matches next Sunday. We'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Two um. matches in a day, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, do we think that the men's side is a little more nailed on then? Yeah, standard. I think it's pretty much, until Roger Raffer and, and Novak retire, I think it. you can't look past the three of them. I don't think anyone... Medvedev? I mean, yeah, potentially. Is he going to be a little bit burnt out after, what, what is, is it? it, so one Cincinnati, two, then two finals? Yeah, two finals and then Cincinnati. And, and he, he admitted that he just wants to spend like 24 hours in bed because yeah. he's absolutely knackered. <laughs> like, I'm not surprised. 24 hours in bed watching Netflix, I'm done. I think he probably deserves 48 hours in bed. <laughs> but um, I don't think he could have expected what he's done over this hardcore swing. So he's obviously going to take huge amounts of confidence. But again, it's the same thing, it's... 
best of three sets and yes. then best of five sets against those guys it that's a massive difference I know he obviously beat Djokovic in three sets I think it was but again if you give Djokovic another two sets yeah. is he going to lose three sets against Medvedev you know I don't know so I think he could be an outside one for a good run I wouldn't I wouldn't say I mean he's probably the one, the most informed guy on tour at the moment but I wouldn't say he's going to be a favorite now I still think it's going to be one of the big three no, I'm I'm inclined to agree. I think I think he's definitely one to watch though. More, and it's interesting that he's crept up. You know, I don't have the same expectations of Dominic Team as I would on Clay, um, and I don't, I don't have any expectations of Zverev. No, not not in his current situation. I wouldn't either. No, I mean I th- I think things might have settled down, but even so, he his head just doesn't been hasn't been in the game. Tsitsipas is the only other one that I would think if if he if if his philosophizing catches fire then he might have a good run he hasn't played that well over this series either but i think i I read something interesting about medvedev that um he's basically accumulated all his points pretty much from outside the grand slams he's hard he's barely done i think maybe third or fourth round was the best he's done at a slam so all his points ever i think potentially ever so i think the yeah so the points he's this year to be five in the world have all been from other tournaments which is incredible considering you look at pretty much Djokovic who well I guess a lot of his points are garnered from Grand Slams and the same with Roger and Rafa his is completely the opposite so imagine it what he can do if he yeah. suddenly can turn it on in a slam you know he uh, he's got a lot of potential so who do we think the surprise the shocks are going to be well I'm again I think if you the only shocks for me would be if Roger Rafa or Novak lost. In they the first would, week? In the first week. Those would be the only shocks for me. I don't think... In the men's side, I wouldn't... I wouldn't say that there's any standout performance. And this year, especially, no one's been consistent enough. No. You know, sort of... Sometimes you think Dominic team can be consistent. You know, when he did well at Indian Wells, he won Indian Wells, didn't he? So mm. he, you know he can perform, but... He just doesn't it, do it as often. No, but again, I wouldn't... If he lost first, second, third round, I wouldn't be shocked. No. It just wouldn't be a surprise. And it's the same with all of the other guys. I literally would only be shocked if... Well, even someone like Vavrinka wouldn't be shocked if he lost first week either. You know, he obviously has won the US Open before. Yeah. So, but again, I just don't have any expectations for him. It's just the top three for me, I think. Anything yeah. else wouldn't be a shock. I am going to put it out there and think that the biggest shock will probably be Federer will be the first to go. Oh, controversial. I, th- <laughs> I think I think he might Is that hang a prediction? on. Can we write that down? Shall we, do you want Should to write that down? Let's write that down. Sign Let's get this in writing and get it signed. <laughs> I am the witness. <laughs> Federer, I think he'll make it to the end of the first week, maybe go out on on Manic Monday or What's whatever day. fourth they're... round, you're thinking? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It'll be interesting. Do you know what? It'll be interesting to see when the draw comes out later yes. to see and kind of you kind of know the lay of the land a little bit and see what seeds he's got in his section yeah and, that was a and, potentially I was going to say this isn't big <laughs> was a big potentially stupid thing that the draw was coming out yeah. in like half an hour yeah pretty much half an hour well done exactly. Roz um. <laughs> oh, I like that I like that because now I'm going to not predict that and I might get it right for once <laughs> um, on the women's side though I think I, I can't see I don't think I don't think form is going to be on Serena's side 
Um, but again, she. But then again, <laughs> but with Serena, it seems to be that she can find her way through to the final of a slam, and, and then, then it just apart. all goes horribly wrong. I don't know what it is. I think it's all in her head now. I think a lot of it is in her head in terms of how to perform at finals. Yeah, I think because there's so much pressure on her to get the twenty fourth, and that would be a huge weight off her shoulders because, obviously. I know she wants to surpass Margaret Court and get to that 25, but... <laughs> Who doesn't want to surpass yeah, Margaret true. Court and get past that? Equaling it would still be an incredible achievement. But so the, this isn't... this isn't the, She's done this every single time. There's been a major milestone. So equaling Martina and Chrissy, equaling Steffi, going past that. Every single time she's had one of those big milestones, it's been a hump for her to get over. Um... And this is this is the one that I, I mean. Let's face it. There's not one person I know that doesn't want her to equal, if not surpass, Margaret Court. I think most people, even if they didn't like Serena, would want that I was record say, is that based gone. More on the dislike for yeah, Court? but but I mean, it shouldn't even. Be, I, I mean, I'm with I'm with Sue Bark on this. It shouldn't even be a record because most of um, most of Margaret Court's wins were when nobody actually went to Australia. So you know. Uh, it it shouldn't be there, but as as uh, as my colleague, the lovely Chris Otto from Tennis Now, always tells me, yeah, but it's out there as a as a record, and he agrees, and most people agree. You know, she's she's one of the most in the open era. Nobody's ever won more. You know, it's crazy that we're still talking about this stupid record. <laughs> but yeah, I I I mean, I ultimately hope that she does break it. I think she she's probably the best play female player to ever play the game for me. Mm-hmm. Just the way she could just overpower opponents just mentally and physically it wasn't it wasn't just her physicality it was just her sheer relentlessness with her intensity and her desire to win it was just phenomenal and i think she's brought the game her and venus have brought the game to a whole new level that probably wouldn't have happened if they weren't there so i think what she's done in the game is just amazing and I, i do really hope she gets it but it's it's going to be tough, especially at US Open. She always seems to have a, an emotional outbreak at some I point. Know. And it's just whether she can control those emotions. And Oh, God. I, I mean, I hope she does. I mean, because it, it would just be perfect justice if she'd equal it here and break it in Australia. Yeah. I think the, the globe would just break out in cheers. The stars would have aligned. For her, <laughs> but to well, be fair, I think she kind of deserves it after she... It's not like she's not making the final, so that's the thing, yeah. which is, you know, you'd be more concerned if she's losing sort of earlier so, on in the tournament, but she's still making the finals, you know, she's still giving herself the chance. It's not it's not that she's down and out just yet. It's, it is probably frustrating for her, but also I think the most frustrating thing is, is that the last two, or when she played Kerber and when she played Halep, there's literally nothing you can do. The girls have literally played <laughs> the match of their life, and yeah. you're just like waiting for them to have a slight drop and yeah and you kind of especially in women's tennis it's very very rare that a, a woman's going to play a match like that for the whole way through without dropping off even just a fraction but Kerber and Halep just didn't give her one sniff no and you kind of I think she, even she's got to hold her hands up and say you know what they they were just too good for me on the day and well, she certainly did in um at Wimbledon uh you know because I remember asking her had you had you ever seen that much intensity? She's like, no. But I remember. I was thinking, well, God help you, Angie, the next time you meet her, because she's going to batter you. But um, 
Let's talk about the Brits. Um, it's not been a great lead-up for any of them, apart from maybe Evans having a little bit of a flurry at the beginning, but Heather, honestly... Heather won Vancouver, which is good for her. She did. That was good Only... for her to string five matches together. Yeah. And then it kind of went a little bit awry again in the US Open qualies. It just... Do you know, I... I, I looked and she, I saw that she was a break-up in the first set and I thought, brilliant, I'm not going to watch. I'm going to go about my business because Heather's got it under control. And then you come back and she's lost 6-4, 6-2. I was just like, yeah, because she was four up and I was thinking, I think she was 4-2 up and I was like, excellent, good. And yeah, <laughs> I was just like, right, okay. So I'm not sure whether the moral of this story is, Roz, stick Amazon Prime on and watch next time. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Got to try both ways at least. Yeah. Try and help her out. Yeah, but the roller coasters. I mean, I'm, I'm knocking on a bit. That, that those kinds of Heather roller coasters aren't good for my heart. No, they're <laughs> probably not good for her either. To be fair, I'm sure she would have preferred a much more consistent year. But I think that kind of seems to be a little bit of the trend at the moment. It's she has a little bit of a slump, and then all of a sudden she'll win a win something, and then you know it's it kind of feels like two steps forward, two steps back. Yeah. Joe hasn't had the best of uh, US campaigns and pulled out of the Bronx. I, we did say last week we'd be interested to see if she played it. Obviously decided not to and get um, acclimated to uh, flushing. Good decision. We'll find out next week, won't we? Yes, it's... With women, it's KG. so hard. Yeah, but it's so hard to predict because... Like you say, if she, if she gets if she gets yeah. a couple of good wins, she could just catch fire. Exactly. If she gets a good draw, she's going to be seeded, obviously. So, you know, you get a good draw have a couple of wins uh, you know as we've seen before at Wimbledon when she when she beat Kvitova you know there's nothing that the girls can do against her so I'm not concerned I'd be concerned if she gets a horrendous first round draw and, and someone like oh, I can't even think of someone but you know sort of Azarenka seed I don't think Azarenka seed yeah, some, yeah someone like that you know that that would be a bit of a stinker of a first round draw but if she can get an okay first round and come through it then you know I think once she gets, gets that first win, I think she'll be all right. Watch that she gets Harriet Dart or something in the first round. <laughs> I'm sure she probably wouldn't be too disappointed with that. But Well, yeah. Uh, who else? Kyle Edmund. Best of uh, around of 16 in 2016. And then since then has kind of fallen <laughs> off a cliff. Um, I'm actually worried about Kyle. I'm worried about where his mind is at. It looks like he's inherited Heather's old coach. Um, so maybe a bit of stability from that, but it's not been a great... It, it's a shame, because he had that, that challenger win, and he picked up a few rounds um, and went out to Federer, I think, in Indian Wells. And there's no shame to going out um, to, to Roger Federer in, in Indian Wells at all. But then after that, it's just been a real mess for him. Too many niggly injuries, I think, has been the issue, and... I'm not sure whether he's come back from them too soon or if it's just been kind of separate issues or, or what it's been, but it just it is it, is hard when you get those niggly injuries and you can't get enough training and you're kind of just kind of reaching for that form and it 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 never comes when you're trying too hard and I feel like Kyle tries very hard. You know, he's always very diligent in what he does, but I think sometimes he you can see he's a bit tense and he you know it, that's not when his game is at its best. He's better when he's free-flowing and just ripping that forehand, hitting big serves, and, and just kind of not thinking about it. And it mm. it looks a little bit... There's too much thought going on and too much overthinking and, and not kind of trusting himself enough. And, like, again, that probably is just a lack of confidence and 
time being able to spend on the on the practice court but it'll be interesting to see if he's fully fit to start with because yeah. five sets is gonna test yeah. it to the max and on hard court it's it's not good for those joints so it'll be interesting to see how the knee holds up and you know but then again if you know he well, I th- you thought that Wimbledon when he strung that first got that first round victory, you thought okay, maybe we're onto something here, and then two sets up against Vadasco, and it, it just sort of went downhill. But I I really just don't know what to expect from him at the moment, to be honest. No, I I, I expect more fight from Evans. If anybody's going to better his previous of a round three run at um at the U.S. Open, he seems to be the only one out of the Brits to to possibly have that gumption to go forward. But obviously he's but just no, co- yes, that's Belgium, true. So it's it'd be interesting to see how that affects him. It'd be interesting to see who's in his box as well. Well, um, he he went down very quickly in uh, Winston Salem. Yeah, there wasn't much fight in that one, also. Maybe he was just wanting to head to New York and and kind yeah. of get some practice in. But it yeah, it it'll be interesting to see what what he does in terms of coaching wise. I think there was just. I don't know whether it got stale with Felgate or maybe there was just a little difference of opinion or I'm not really sure what the what the story is behind it but um yeah it 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 was a surprise because they'd obviously been doing so well and mm. he was probably the he was by far the standout British performer of this year so far so yeah. you know there's there's probably some backstory to it but if anyone's got a chance of doing well it's him because. I think he loves the conditions. I remember him, yeah. was it a few years ago, he played Vavrinka and had match points, yeah. was it? Yeah. And uh, we know that he can yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. match these big guys. So it will be interesting to see what he does. Yeah, I mean, if, if his mind's not in the game, it could give uh, Cameron Norrie a chance to leapfrog him back again. These two are nip and tuck for the British number two spot. Um, I mean, Norrie's got nothing really. I mean, he can hit three. He's never gone further than the second round, so... For, for him, anything past the second round is a big bonus. Lots of good ranking points on offer for him. I think so. He, Again, he's another one who doesn't seem to kind of be in the best form, but he'll suddenly surprise us and have, you know, a good week. And But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like the the men are struggling a little bit at the moment. I don't, I'm not quite sure why. No. Well, we shall see when we get to uh, <coughs> our chat um, in the middle of next week. As always, thank you for joining me. Um, the draw is, well, in the next 15 minutes. So I'll be beavering away trying to figure, <laughs> out, figure out. Seeing if this prediction is Federer I know, you're right. Really gonna, if um, he's got a cake water draw, yeah. you're not going to let me forget this, are you? I'm not. I'm going to take a picture of this and I might even put it on Twitter. Just to prove, put it out You there. know how much hate I'm going to get. I know, get I know. All I... those Roger Federer fans are going to be spamming your timeline and be like, you're so wrong. But I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> this is the last time that you'll be hearing Anna in my, in my house. I'll be changing the locks. Um... <laughs> I'm never getting invited back. It's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> you have, of course, been listening to Ros Satar from Britwatch Sports. And me, probably for the last time, Anna Smith. <laughs> uh, and we, we hope to be back uh, next week uh, when we'll be in the middle of the US Open and we'll have a better idea as to whether or not I know anything about tennis. Don't answer that. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs>